You're listening to the Bill McIntosh Show. Bill McIntosh Show now on with Nona Ellington, who's the founder and the president of Eagles Restoration Ministries. That's Eagles, plural, Restoration Ministries. You can see behind me. And um, if, in case you're wondering what Eagles Restoration Ministries does, it helps those who have been wounded by abortion. Nona is also a member of Operation Outcry, and it's drive to get a million signatures to end abortion and to do other things to make people across America and the world aware of the trauma of abortion, of elective abortion. So I wanted to um, give everybody an opportunity to, to find out about Nona, her story. You know, she grew up in a large family. Her father was, um, as an evangelist, did, did a lot of evangelical work in the continent of Africa, right, Nona? Uh, yes, he was a missionary to Africa and Mexico and actually hitchhiked across the United States of, of America preaching before I was born. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I guess uh, there's, there's better ways. Uh, there's, I'm saying worse ways that you can get from point A to point B. <laughs> and then, so, so tell I, I, this is an incredible story, folks. Nona has been through the ordeal of elective abortion and a lot of bad things in between before she, she started to realize that, hey, you know, I've got to give my life back to God and to Christ and to uh, get it right. So tell us about your story growing up and, you know, what happened when you were just 15 and uh, thereafter. It's, it's um, quite a journey. Go ahead. Yes, yes. It's an honor to be on the show, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. It's our honor. I, and, uh, by the way, excuse me, one thing I do <laughs> want to say thank you to uh, – to the Justice Foundation, to Alan Parker, um, to Keta, uh, who helps set up, Keta Aguilar, who helps, up, helps set up these interviews, and uh, to the great work of, of, of the people participating in um, the Moral Outcry and Operation Outcry. So go ahead. Tell us about your story. It's an amazing one. <laughs> yes, sir. I uh, grew up in a, a Christian home, as you mentioned, and at the age of 12, I, I gave my heart to the Lord, but only one year later, I experienced some traumatizing events at only at age 13, a couple of different situations with incest and in my family. I was raped by a couple of different family members, and so I did not become pregnant after those situations, but as you can imagine, the enemy just kind of jerked me into a horrible lifestyle after that with all the shame and the guilt and not knowing or understanding what happened to me to report it, to have those people arrested or anything. I just continued down a very horrible lifestyle. And at age 15, uh, while I was still in high school in the 10th grade, I experienced date rape. And as a result of that, I did become pregnant. And 
when I told, I, I had already broken up from the boyfriend. The relationship was so controlling and abusive. He, uh, the boyfriend denied that he was the father of the baby, which deepened my shame. Wow. And so I was getting help through one of my sisters. I have several sisters. I come from a family of nine, six sisters, two brothers, although both of my brothers have gone to be with the Lord and one of my sisters. So there's just six of, six of us left now. But one of the sisters was speaking to me about abortion and all my friends in high school were telling me that it was no big deal that people do it all the time. And several of my friends had already had abortions and I was wow. thinking how horrible it would be, you know, to walk through the halls of my high school being pregnant. So it was a coerced decision, but also a very selfish decision. And I even made a bargain with God, Lord, please help me to not be pregnant and I'll never have sex again. And, and you know, that bargaining that you go to God with, just hoping that you're what happened to you will be covered up and didn't know anything about date rape at that time. I didn't know hardly anything um, about what happened to me. And the abortion experience uh, was very traumatizing. My mother and my sister took me, my mother not knowing anything about abortion, uh, having nine children. And I believe that the Lord tried to stop me because when I was on that table and they were fixing to do the abortion, I heard my mother's voice at the door and she said, is my daughter in there? And they said, ma'am, you can't come in here. You got to go back to the waiting room. So I believe that she tried to stop it from happening, but they would not allow her in there. She uh, probably, yeah. I mean, That's a 15-year-old girl, and they w would not allow my mother in the room, you know? <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's terrible. Let me ask you a question. Afterwards, yes. what did, you, did your mother tell you? What did she say? Um, after the procedure happened, all I remember is that I remember hearing and feeling it. It was so painful and so traumatizing. But afterwards, I just remember being exhausted and I was bleeding so much. And my mother and my sister did not discuss it. It was like a taboo conversation that never happened. And yeah, my mother had gone to be with the Lord before I faced all of this. So it was like, you know, 20 years later when I faced the fact of what the effects of this abortion had on me, I, when I got married, I married a very abusive man. And so uh, during the course of this abusive marriage, as a result of this one legal abortion that I had, I was never able to have children ever. Instead, I had five miscarriages. Three of them were tubal ectopic pregnancies that required emergency surgery and very near-death experiences. So I knew with all this happening, I felt like, you know, it was the punishment of God. But then I listened, started listening to a Christian radio station, and they were talking about a pregnancy center and that 
women are going to this pregnancy center to get help. And I thought, well, I really need to volunteer at this pregnancy center and warn people, warn women to not get an abortion. So this trauma won't happen to them besides the emotional side effects I was going through. And I mean, you know, all my friends and family were having babies and I was giving them baby showers and walking through the store. You know, you go through the store and you go through the baby department. So the trauma of what this abortion did to me robbed me of six children. I would have had six children. So what a traumatizing thing to go through as a woman to be, you know, not able to bear children. And of course, everyone is wondering, well, what is the problem? (laughs) Why can't you have kids? Your mom had nine kids. So I learned from being a volunteer at that pregnancy center downtown, which actually faced the Planned Parenthood downtown. And so I became a volunteer after receiving healing for myself. They have at these pregnancy centers all over the nation, they offer abortion recovery programs that are Bible-based. So So let me ask you questions. I'm aware of some of these ministries. One is called Rachel's Ministry, I think, or I've forgotten the names. Yeah, Um, Rachel's Vineyard. Yeah, there's several different ones. Yeah. So so I want to ask you a question. Um, Did... How old were you when you decided to, to, to volunteer at a pro-life counseling center and to try to warn women about the dangers? Was that pretty recent or? That was around the year 2000. So I guess it's been 22 years ago now. <laughs> wow. It was, it was around the year 2000. And I, at that point, I had already had several miscarriages. And when I became a counselor, I told my story to the women that were coming in considering abortion and several women changed their minds. And so, and not only that, you know, we shared the gospel with them for them to receive the Lord. Now there are some women that, you know, went ahead and I mean, we can't force them to change their mind. And I would follow up with the women that had had abortions as well and told them about our abortion recovery program. Uh, wow. Forgiven and Set Free was the, the name of the study that I went through. And after that, the Lord uh, put on my heart to walk women through this process. And so I was able to be, um, you know, a peer counselor for that um, program the forgiven and set free. And also I got involved in prison ministry, me and my ministry partner, Michelle, and I helped women inside the prisons go through this same abortion recovery healing. And there are are so many wounded hearts of the women in prison. I mean, they're just, you know, lots of battles. Oh my gosh. No, no, (laughs) I kind of don't want to interrupt 
of this incredible story you're telling me, which you're relating, it just opens up so many interesting topics. But what was the name of that program that you got involved with? Maybe one of our listeners can pass it on to someone, or one maybe one of our listeners can benefit from it. What was the name of it again? It was like a program I didn't catch. It's, it's called Forgiven and Set Free. Forgiven and, and Set Free, act- okay. Yes, you can actually Google. It's it's a book. It's like a workbook program. And several of the, like your local pregnancy center, they may use this particular uh, curriculum for the abortion recovery program, or they may use one of the many others. But Forgiven and Set Free was like one of the very first ones that um, women started to receive healing through the love of Christ through this program and it takes you through the steps of grief because women that have had miscarriages or ectopic pregnancies or gone through abortion one time or several times, we are not allowed to grieve our children. I mean, we're not allowed to have like a memorial service or bury those children or name them or anything. So through this process, you're going through all the stages of grief and the Lord will bring back to you memories that have been buried for years. Some women wow. hold on to this pain for like 30, 40, 50 years. And so our mind kind of tries to protect itself like a child and buries those things. But as uh, the word of the Lord and the prayer and the camaraderie between women that have that in common, those memories are brought back and the Lord brings healing to those memories because Jesus is with you. He's with you. He sees what's happening to you and he fills the uh, feelings of our infirmities. And at the end of the program, we do have a memorial service and we're able to name, yeah, to name our children. And so it, it is a beautiful process to go through. There's hope and healing after abortion um well, that's fantastic. many women that's... yeah oh, it, many women become suicidal I, I was suicidal several times with the anxiety disorder that comes against me uh, from the ptsd of the trauma of the abortion and all those miscarriages and so there you know you can seek help for that too you can seek professional counseling biblical counseling there's help out there you don't have to um carry this alone and suffer there's many women operationoutcry.org you can go there and find a lot of resources there um as you said bill i am a member of operation outcry which is a ministry of the justice foundation and we share our stories and that's what I'm doing now. I'm going across the country sharing my story as much as, as God will open that door to let people now know that abortion hurts. And in the case of rape and incest, it's, it's, it doesn't help you. It makes things worse. And it actually protects the person that rapes you. Right. So because it, yeah, it's, no, go ahead. Yeah, it, it covers their sin. If if you're forced to abort that baby or choose to abort that baby, it's like that sin of rape never happened, and they're never held accountable. The person that, that committed that rape has to reconcile with Almighty God for what he did. 
you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but um but I think that the trauma part I this is amazing. Um I wanted to, you know, kind of dial into that a little bit. Um tell us about that. What's that experience like? I mean, how many years did you go with this pain in your heart before you got you started to heal? How many years? Um I would say it was probably about almost 20 years. Let's see. Oh gosh, I'm trying to figure out what year was I 15 years old. <laughs> Sorry, don't do don't, don't, don't tell us there. the year you were born. It's not necessary. It, <laughs> it was at least 20 years. It was at least 20 years. And I, so, when I started going through this process, this healing process and volunteering at the pregnancy center, we, we kept this abortion from my dad the evangelist we never told him and so when I went through this healing process that is one thing that the Lord led me to do and I told my dad and he cried and he said if I would have known that I had a grandchild I would have taken care of that grandchild myself so I mean when you're in a situation you're scared I thought my father being evangelist was going to kick me out of the house and take me somewhere far away to a maternity home or something. And, you know, maternity homes are great because they take women in that have no place to go and they help them through the process. You know what angers me about this, if I may say so, is they have people's perspective on What's right and wrong is so twisted. Let me just tell you, you can do sidewalk counseling and you can say, mm-hmm. you can say to uh, a woman, a young woman, or, you know, the young man that's going on with pushing his girlfriend to get the abortion. You can say, look, you could get, you could, you could make uh, uh, a man and a woman husband and wife who can't have children so happy if you if you just have this child and give it up for adoption we couldn't give it up how oh mm. it'd be terrible how could we give it up so what they're yes. saying is they're going they're going in to get an abortion they'd rather kill the child than mm-hmm. than, than mm-hmm. actually oh, yes oh how twisted yeah yes how i twisted. know and and that topic would come up in the counseling room when i was a peer counselor at the pregnancy center And I would say it just like you just said it, Bill. I would say, okay, so you're not willing to release your child for adoption for a loving couple, a couple that you can choose if you wanted to. You can choose the parents that are going to raise your child and whether or not you want to be involved in their life or not. It could be a closed adoption or an open adoption. So you would rather kill your child, you would rather take the life of your child and risk not being able to have any children in the future. Want to give your baby up for adoption. And let me tell you, that woman in that room, she really thinks about it when you put it to her plainly like that. You know, the, the, um, the hard thing is, is that so many people, even people who are believers, they say, oh, I could never... I mean, we could never go. Uh, we could never be seen doing that. We're Christians. 
I mean, oh. in the sense of seeing with a daughter that's got an unplanned pregnancy or an unwanted oh. pregnancy. You know, ama- yeah. I mean, it's amazing that, that how people are so, you know. It's about what people think. Right. Oh Absolutely. And, and um, uh, if there's any women out there listening right now and you're in a, a crisis pregnancy situation, so many times one of the things that's coming back to my mind as you said that, Bill, is I would have a woman that was so abortion-minded that everything I said could not change her mind. And she, we had not even done the pregnancy test yet. So she didn't even know if she was pregnant or not. And she had already made that decision. So I said, well, you know, let's just see if you're pregnant first. I mean, right. there's no reason to rush into taking the life of your child and choosing abortion if you don't even know you're pregnant. And so we would do the sure. pregnancy test and we would bring it back. And a lot of times they weren't pregnant, but they had already made that decision. And a wow. lot of will do abortions on, on women that are not pregnant. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, come on. And 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 I are, are you, and I get are you, that. Wait, this is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm serious. Have you ever read the book uh, Blood Money by Carol Everett? She used to own abortion clinics and run them, and she's now a believer and a pro-life hero here in the state of Texas. And that's what she would do. They would have pregnancy tests that would show false positives and they would go ahead and do an abortion on a woman that was not pregnant. So no, no, wait. So this would happen. It happens. Sorry, it wait, happens let, in abortion let, clinics. Let, let me just, but let me ask a question. This person, um, what was her name again? You mentioned the, the, the uh, woman who, uh, a friend, a friend of mine, Carol Everett. She Carol Everett, okay. um, wrote, yeah, she wrote the book blood money and it's her so story. Did, about Amazing. Jesus saving her from the abortion industry. Oh my! Well, let me ask you a question: Did Carol Everett, uh-huh. this friend of yours, did she ever work with Planned Parenthood? Um, I don't think that she did. She had her own abortion clinic. I don't know what the name of it was, but she had she had her own. She owned it. Twilight's last dreaming Who's brought 
National Anthem. 